Sammy. And this is the Holistic Heart Podcast, the place for all things therapy and mental health. We know navigating the human experience can be as challenging as it is beautiful. So we wanted to create a space where we can dive deep into self-exploration, normalize the struggle, and hold space for hard topics and conversations. We are so excited to have you join us on this journey. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Holistic Heart Podcast. I'm Sammy, and I'm here with Kristen. Hi. We can hear you say hi. <laughs> I did not hear my hi at all, and Kristen was making fun of it. I was lovingly, <laughs> lovingly making fun. Come on, it was funny. <laughs> it, was, it was funny. I'm like, well, ASMR, hi. <laughs> oh, man, but... Anyways, Mm -hmm. so we're excited to be back this week, and um, we are talking about something that Kristen and I have spent hours talking about, and I think Mm -hmm. is really important to touch on here in the podcast space, and that is exploring the concept of diagnosis in mental health and why it matters. Mm -hmm. And like how much it matters. I think that's something that, and it's so funny, Sammy, you said like, I feel like we often start the podcast and we're like this is something that Sammy or Kristen and I talk about often and we're like essentially you guys like are just listening the podcast is just you listening into our regular conversations <laughs> that we have on a fairly consistent basis which is like really actually I think really lovely and um, kind of fun but yeah. <laughs> when you said that I was like yeah we do talk about all of these things very often so yeah just exploring diagnosis and seeing you know, what, what role does it have? Why, what part does it play in mental health? Um, how people relate to it. I think all those things come up often. Oh yeah. When I think that there's a lot of different ways to look at it and we all can have very different relationship to the concept of it because mm-hmm. it's, to me, it's sort of like, it's the concept of labeling and identifying things. And as someone who loves to live in the abstract, I have a hard time doing that. Mm -hmm. And I remember I was just telling Kristen before we started recording, um, when I was in grad school, it was in like a diagnosis and treatment planning course. So like, of course, this is obviously what I'm learning about, but I remember learning about like how this is something that is always happening. Mm -hmm. Right. And so when you're meeting with a therapist, you're getting a diagnosis. And I was sitting there like, so like, okay, so that must mean I have a diagnosis because I've gone to therapy, didn't know that, right? And also like, wow, this is shifting my relationship to it. And I find that working with clients, this is something that often comes up and, and a pretty regular basis too, is just kind of um, processing relationship to diagnosis in general, let alone what the actual diagnosis or diagnoses right. may be. Yeah, like the concept of having a diagnosis or diagnosing mm-hmm. and then secondarily, but also important, like exploring whatever specific diagnosis might be or diagnoses might be applicable in any given right. situation, right? Yeah, I yeah. find myself um, similarly, it feels like, Sammy, to what you're describing uh, as someone who likes to be in the abstract. I really struggled. And I think uh, it's interesting because it sounds like we're going to talk about this and 
we didn't necessarily plan it this way or plan it at all, but it sounds like we're going to talk about this from two sides, how it feels from the clinician perspective, because that's what I'm thinking about right now. And then also, of course, exploring what, what that means for clients and like how that process can feel. But right now in this moment, thinking about it from the provider standpoint, I really struggled initially with the concept of diagnosing and as someone who has a little bit of a rebellious streak, who definitely doesn't uh, love the idea of like compartmentalization or, you know, we talk all the time about coming from this holistic orientation, right? Like nothing's really truly separate. And so diagnosing felt like this, um, I'm trying to take something that is much more and make it really reduce it down to something that doesn't necessarily feel representative of like a human person. Um, and that I really struggled with that. Like I found, um, you know, like I would feel like this is limiting, like labels can be limiting. I really had that relationship to labels like that. They were parameters or boxes that I felt like now I'm in this box and this is like part of our culture is to like identify ourselves by our labels, right? So it's like not only a label that I um, have, but it's like, it becomes part of who I, I see myself as, right? So I struggled with that part of it. Uh, and it really wasn't until later in my career where I started to really recognize and understand and appreciate the benefits of diagnoses as well as like, organizing principles, like why do we name things so that we can communicate about them so that we can, um, so it can organize our ideas around something so that we can identify commonalities, right? Like if I know this is something other people experience because it has a name and other people name it that too. And that, um, and so I, I really have come into like a both and place with diagnosing as a provider, but I definitely didn't start there. I don't know what your experience of it has been or if it's been similar. Very, very similar. Absolutely. Because it, it was, I think, especially I went to a specifically holistic counseling graduate program. Mm -hmm. And so I think I felt like that was, there was a lot of cognitive dissonance coming up for me around, wait, so I'm supposed to like hold space for and honor the whole individual, but now compartmentalize it, quote unquote, into this specific diagnostic label. And it felt so, um, like it felt in that moment, and sometimes, to be honest, it still can feel that way where it's like, oh, this doesn't align. This feels like it doesn't align. Mm -hmm. And I completely agree, though, is the more um, for me, the more experience that I got and sitting with clients, it's like it's actually almost limiting to say that it's limiting. And what mm -hmm. I mean by that is it's something to go by. It's something to create this clarity, like you were saying, so that there's understanding when we're um exploring our own unique manifestation of these things. So, you know, no two people who have the same diagnosis are experiencing it in the same way, right. but that this collection of things can help to guide us to deepened awareness and understanding. And that like, we are all collectively experiencing this human condition and that there are innately similarities and that those similarities can help us um, understand each other and ourselves, but that it doesn't have to be limited to that either. That makes sense. Oh, it makes total sense. And I am getting like philosophical in my mind for a moment. So if you all will indulge me for one second, I'm going to get like there where it feels like 
like whenever we're using language to describe something, we're never actually touching the essence of the thing, right? Like words are always a symbol, a representation. They're never the essence of what we're describing itself, right? It's always used as like a placeholder, but it's also a really important placeholder because we can't speak from as essence. We need something to be able to like let you know as closely as I can what it is I'm talking about. So that builds connection and, and allows us to communicate about it. Right. And so like when like we call a tree a tree so that we both know what we're talking about when we say that word. And like that's where I've started to come around to with diagnoses is like, okay, so we know to some degree, like you're saying, Sam, it's not the same for everybody, but to some degree we have an idea of what we're pointing toward here. And then that individual can flesh out for us the specifics of how that how that shows up for them within the broader context of like what we have some idea coming into it what it is that we're talking about yeah absolutely well as you're saying this using kind of language mm -hmm. i think of i think for myself both from a client and clinician perspective i've always really hated like referring to experiences as symptoms mm -hmm. Yeah. especially emotional, emotional leaning experiences as symptoms, which is something that we do in mental health. And, and I think that can be, it, it's really um, polarizing to feel like, okay, so I'm having this human experience and now we're, we're calling it a quote unquote disorder. Even when you hear disorder, right? We can right. feel wrong, bad. There's something wrong. Right. And recognizing, oh, is it wrong to be having this human experience though. And so it's understanding as you were saying that just now I was thinking about how it helps to be able to create a label or an identifier so that when you're talking to, let's say your provider, or, um, if you're a clinician talking to your client, there's an understanding of what that is. I think of like emotion dysregulation, everybody on the face of the planet experiences emotion dysregulation. Yes, I have experienced on a very regular basis. This morning, I experienced it this morning. Right. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So it's like that alone is it's it's a it's a symptom. It can be right, yeah, yeah. and it's also a human experience. Mm -hmm. And so it's like the difference between understanding that we can something can be a pathology, but not always pathologizing that human experience is a fine line, and it is a challenging one to navigate oftentimes. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a challenge that we ask ourselves to rise to and that we expect our clinicians to rise to, right? And so like, what I mean by that is like, work with a therapist who recognizes diagnoses, obviously, um, as part of their practice, but also doesn't look at it as representative of anything beyond what it is, like that, that it is not. So I think it's like our relationship to it as the client or the person with the diagnosis and also how we experience our provider relating to it. That this is that if both of us know, this is not the totality of the human that's sitting here. This is a, this is a representation to describe an experience and we both approach it from that lens, then it can be actually really helpful and it can be um, supportive in organizing how we work together, what, areas we focus on, ways to deepen our own self-awareness. So it's like what you said earlier, Sammy, I thought was really um, like very insightful around like it can be limiting to call it limiting because it's like, it's really 
it, it just is what it is. And then it becomes about how we relate to it. That's how it could become limiting, right? Like if I, you know, like I mentioned earlier, like sometimes we identify with the labels that are given to us. So if I become depression and I just identify like, that's me, I'm a depressed person that can, can become a limiting place to come from versus like identifying like depression describes a collection of my, my experience right now. Like that is very alive in me. It happens for me, but it isn't who I am. Right. And like making sure that whoever, whoever the person, the diagnosis applies to and the person treating are both on the same page with that. feels like how the ideal place to work with this in the most, uh, I want to say optimal way or the way that would actually be like supportive rather than limiting. Yeah. Well, and I think there is so much value in if this is something that's sticking with you and, or it's coming up with you and you feel like that's like, Oh, this, Oh, I don't like that. I have this diagnosis or something. It's actually a really important thing to talk to your provider about and to process and even sit with for yourself around your relationship to it. I talk, I talk to people a lot about this specifically with anxiety, because I think it's like, regardless of if there's a diagnosis around it, anxiety, the experience of that is something that is a very human experience. Right. And so recognizing it's like, it's not so much about making anxiety go away altogether, because that's, you know, our stress response is a really important part of being alive. We need that. Right. It's just, how do we shift or even just deepen our understanding of our relationship to it mm-hmm. and when it presents and how we can support ourselves around this. And I, I'm using anxiety as a specific example, but I think this can apply to so many different manifestations of um, symptomology or, excuse me, symptomology um, or, or any of these um, facets of the human experience, really. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, maybe the next place to go with this conversation, Sammy, because I know we were talking about that before we sort of uh, hit record today is like how also like, so we're talking about diagnosis in the sense of like um, how it can be limiting, how it can be supportive. But I think the next place that I'm thinking of in relationship to diagnoses is like, how important is it in the context of like the actual work you're doing in therapy. And I, my take on that is that it's both can be incredibly important because it can guide certain types of interventions work better. When I say interventions, I mean like certain theories that uh, clinicians work with or certain approaches that people decide to specialize in as therapists can be more helpful for certain diagnoses than others. And so it can help you find the right provider for you. It can find, help you find someone whose style will be be supportive and beneficial to you. But I think beyond that, for me, what we're really concerned about in the actual content of a therapy session is a person's experience of themselves. And so we're really not, it's like, okay, the diagnosis is there. It can be important. It can be supportive, but we're not talking about the diagnosis session to session. We're not leaning into the diagnosis as, like the topic or even the guider of the sessions, we're really looking at how does this, whatever the diagnosis is, how does it show up for you? What are you experiencing right now in this moment? How is that, you know, problematic for you in any given way? And how can we work with what you're 
experience is and how you're experiencing yourself, which is very, to me, that the diagnosis is secondary to that. It's like that we find out like, who are you? What's happening for you? What's, you know, present? What do you love about your experience? What's challenging about your experience? And then secondarily, based on that conversation, we get a sense of, okay, what, what words or group of words would like shorthand describe that? (laughs) Essentially, exactly. Yes. Well, and that's where I think the word experience is, is the most important thing here, what we're really talking about. And, um, I often refer to it as that is like, what is your unique manifestation of the human experience and recognizing that that is ever evolving too, because that's going to be different session to session, week to week, day to day, and meeting yourself where you are in that. To me, that's what therapy is like to super generalize it, like learning how through getting to know yourself, which understanding like a diagnosis can help to like almost hone in on certain things. Once we start to get to know those things. But regardless, it's allowing yourself to deepen your understanding of how you work, how you relate to the world around you and how to meet yourself where you are on a consistent basis through that. But we can't, you can't meet yourself where you are if you don't really know who you are or where you are at all. So it's it's a process Mm -hmm. and and it's a process that diagnosis can be helpful in. It's just, like I said earlier, I never thought of it like this, but Mm -hmm. it is, it's like, it can be limiting to think that it's limiting. And it's almost that like that cycle, right? Mm -hmm. But recognizing where is it, where is the value for you? And I think this also can shift from person to person. If you're finding that it is really polarizing, perhaps allowing yourself to take a step back and recognize like, okay, it's a unique manifestation of the human experience for me. Mm -hmm. And this is how this is coming up for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and like, I don't have to identify with this label like Mm -hmm. any label that's offered to you, right? You can, you can feel like, I'm not sure that if this lands for me, or if it does, then I'm not sure that I want to align myself with it so fully that it, it overtakes my sense of who I am as a human, right? Like, it's like, okay, this becomes like one more facet or not even the actual facet itself, but just the descriptor of a particular set of facets, right? right. Like, exactly. um, that are very much present. And Sammy and I have definitely talked about this before that are present regardless of the diagnosis. Yeah. Like whether you have received a diagnosis or not, your experience is your experience. And mm-hmm. getting a diagnosis doesn't make you have a different experience. And not having one doesn't make you not have that experience. You know, like, so, so it can be, helpful and it doesn't have to be like the end all like we're really talking about what's my experience what's the person's experience and what supports are available or would be helpful if desired around those experiences and I think of like really something that just keeps popping into my mind and like something that I used to rail against so intensely in full disclosure um, was like how we label like you said earlier, Sammy, like the emo- human emotional experience. And like, so I used to just really get so hyped up about the fact that like we would call, like I, like I would have, you know, clients come in and first of all, apologizing for their feelings, which I, I always struggle with, but it comes up so often. Like, and I find myself doing it as well. If I start crying, I'm like, I'm sorry. It's like, what? Right. So just noticing that, that, um, that happens a lot, you know, that we are like, we are so conditioned against emoting and expressing that we like 
apologize for having feelings, but then also the absence of feelings would be pathological as well, right? So where are we supposed to be? Right, exactly. <laughs> so, I like just notice that we're set up with a no-win situation there culturally. But so when we are having a really like natural human experience, so I would have so many clients come in and tell me like, I'm feeling so sad, like I can't get out of bed. I'm I'm tearful. I'm you know like crying all the time, and I I don't feel like myself. And when I would ask them what's going on, it's like well, I just ended a 10 year relationship or, um, my mom passed away or like some like real, real shit. Like, it's like, oh, okay. Well then that seems like a really, really understandable emotional state, right? Like, it's like, okay. Um, does it qualify for a diagnosis of say major depressive disorder in that moment? It very well might meet the criteria for major depressive disorder. Is it also absolutely a very natural response to a difficult life experience? Also, yes, right? Like, and so like, do we need to make it about one or the other? And if we do, I would prefer to make it about the experience, right? It's like, not, not, we don't have to choose, but if we are choosing, let's, let's go to the source of the pain then. Let's not talk about what we call the pain. That's less important than how we sit with the pain or how we be with it, how we understand ourselves around it, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Well, that brings us to this common thread that I think we've probably talked about in maybe all of our episodes this far <laughs> is the concept of both and. Mm-hmm. Both, um, I can't remember even how I exactly worded this, even though it was just a few minutes ago, um, but like why it matters, how how diagnosis matters, why it matters is it's like it both, both and, both it does and that there's space and purpose for it. And also it, it doesn't need to be the primary focus Mm -hmm. and that it's like, regardless of what it is, it's a human experience and to be met and held in that and to honor and embrace that for whatever it is. And I also think it's like those kinds of experiences can be subjective too. So something that one person is like, wow, you're having a disproportionate and emotional response to something may not be for you. And that there's always context that goes into that and allowing yourself to normalize that and, and, and meet yourself there. Because I also think no amount of like, this isn't normal, or this is pathological, like how supportive is that when you're in the moment experiencing it? Like it doesn't change the fact that you're experiencing it. Right. And I think that's what I always had a problem with and still have a problem with is that we make it pathological, right? Like that, that in some ways the mental health field pathologizes, absolutely pathologizes very natural human experiences. Right. And like, so that's where I think we're talking about it from the lens of like, so don't, and make sure you're working with a provider that doesn't, right. Mm -hmm. That, that knows what the that this is like the natural context of like very, very understandable human responses and how to work with them and also knows what they're called so that we can utilize that when it feels appropriate and supportive to do so. So like when we say like, does it matter? Um, it both matters very much and doesn't matter at all. (laughs) Paradoxically, it's like, yeah, in some ways, you know, it can be, it, it can be a really excellent tool and a doorway And in other ways, it becomes a box and can feel constrictive. And so we just don't relate to it in those ways. Yeah. 
I'm going to bring something up that could totally be a podcast episode of its own, but perfect. Maybe we'll do it. Yes. Um, (laughs) Over the past couple of, Kristen's like, wait, don't say it. We can say it. Um, But over the past few years, I think with like TikTok and Instagram reels and everything. And I think this is actually great. The, the, the destigmatization and the normalization of seeking mental health support and, and diagnosis and everything to, um, to help really create a more supportive environment for your mental health has been amazing. Right. And I've also seen, this is actually prompted because I just earlier this morning was reading an article about this and I was like, Oh my gosh, this is so, I have talked to so many different clinicians about how this is a common theme where because we're seeing this, we're seeing this advocacy. We're also seeing a more collective generalized exposure to different diagnoses and things like that. And so seeing a video, let's say, and saying like, oh my gosh, I totally resonate with that. I must have that diagnosis, right? And it can be so helpful because it's like, oh my gosh, I have an answer to why this is such a challenge for me. And I know a lot of people have um, perhaps then gone to seek out a particular diagnosis thinking, oh, this is what it is, and maybe don't receive what they're thinking that's going to be. Mm -hmm. And I bring this up because I think it's really important to note that it, like we were saying, where it's like the human experience manifests differently for us. It's like, your experience of a specific diagnosis can and will look different from other people's Mm -hmm. and that it's not something that and I I think this is why it can be so hard because it's like an objective thing that is solely subjective yeah yeah right we're talking about all of these which kind of makes me think of what I was saying before it's like this abstract thing but we're making it into this concretized kind of um bubble and to me, that's just like, it's just happening more collectively on more of a um, generalized scale. That's something that, you know, as a clinician, I've seen happen um, Mm -hmm. for much longer than the past couple of years. And it's just, I think, a really interesting juxtaposition to see people's experiences around and to continue to educate around. And it, for me, it makes me think of like anyone that's taken like a psych 101 course where you're like learning about the different diagnoses and you're like, oh my God, is that me? Is that me? <laughs> like, I, I do that because yeah. what we're boiling this down to, I think this episode, it, what we're really saying is like, we all experience all of these things to some degree. And then at what point does it become enough of an experience or a centralized experience for it to be a diagnosis for a period of time? You know, there are some diagnoses say like, um, like a, uh, a neurological difference like ADHD that's like not a temporary that's a neurological you know something that's happening in your brain and that's going to be the diagnosis versus something that's like a mood something might be a temporary diagnosis it might not always be a diagnosis that you have right but we're talking about like the the ways that human beings experience themselves and we all experience ourselves that way at some times. And so I think that's like that phenomenon that comes up that you're talking about, Sammy, with like TikTok and self-diagnosing is like, oh my God, is that me? Like I do that. Is that me? Right. And like, I certainly did that in school when I was learning about the different diagnoses. And I um, know that that's a common experience for people who are learning about it. It's like, we're just, it's wonderful that we are self-aware and we're self-assessing and we're like, huh, we're, you know, like introspective and reflective, like, oh shoot, is that me? Is that me? You know, and, and we look to, you know, part of mirror neurons is we look to the outside world to learn about ourselves and to understand ourselves better. And so like 
there's a very natural thing happening there. Um, but I think it boils down to uh, like just reinforcing where we started with this, which is like, we're just talking about human experience. Exactly. Well, and this this particular article that I was reading was actually written from the perspective of someone who had seen it and been like, oh my gosh, I, I totally relate to this diagnosis, had gone through to get the official diagnosis and was not what they got and was like, well, then like, what what's wrong with me? And that recognition of sitting like, this does not at all change this person's experience of whatever it was they were resonating with within these videos. It doesn't like if you have the diagnosis or you don't, that doesn't change your experience of that. And that is where it is so important to be able to support yourself and meet yourself where you are there. And then um, whether the diagnosis be there or not on the other end, that that can be something that to help guide you. Yeah. So guide the support that you're looking for, whoever it is who's supporting you. Right. And it's like, so if you thought you had a lot of, you know, say criteria for a certain diagnosis and you really thought that you had it and it turns out that you don't for whatever reason, it doesn't mean you're like, you're saying like the, you're not having those experiences. So if you had gotten the diagnosis, well, how would you support yourself around right. that? And can you do that anyway? Most likely. Yes. Right. With, you know, like, can you still say, Hey, these are things that I, I want to give myself some understanding around and I want to be able to uh, support myself with. And so this is, I'm going to legitimize my own experience and say, this is very real for me. And I'm going to figure out how, what I need around it and still giving yourself permission to do that. Yes. Well, it makes me think of something like the term diagnostically significant (laughs) is like, there's a difference between that, between something like an experience and it being diagnostically quote unquote significant enough to meet criteria for something. But that does not mean that you're not having that experience, whether you meet that criteria or not, that's still your experience. And you get to decide that mm-hmm. you are the one who's going to know that. Yeah. Right. And that experience may change for you yeah. over time. Right. And like, then y'all be the one that knows that as well. So I think, um, you know, any challenges that I've had around diagnosing, it's always felt like um, around disempowerment or a limitation or reduction, right? And so I think it's just about working with these um, as a support, as a tool and not as, not in those ways that are limiting and reductionistic and not, so I think it's really, I struggle, I would struggle to work with a provider who was seeing me as my diagnosis and treating me, you know, in a very, uh, sort of static way, like, oh, this is the way I approach that diagnosis. And this is so what we're doing, right? Like I really, I would do better. And I think most people probably would do better with someone who's going to really meet each individual and take the diagnosis as information, right? Like, it's like, oh, okay, Mm -hmm. this is information about this person. And how is it showing up? How, who is in front of me right now? What are they telling me about their experience? And so I think we can also have that relationship, even if you're not in therapy, we can have that relationship with ourselves. It's just like, okay, so this is just information. This is just a descriptor of part of an experience. And it tells me something about me, but it doesn't, it's not my inclusive. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, it's not the whole picture. Perfect. (laughs) And letting ourselves always, yes, mic drop. Uh, Letting ourselves always be more, right? Like it's like, we're always more complex, more nuanced, more 
uh, layered than any one thing can really capture in a moment. And that's okay. That's, that's part of human nature. That's great. That's who we are. Um, Well, and that's where diagnosis is limiting. That's where it, it, I am confidently going to say it is limiting when you're just looking at it from that perspective, but where it can actually add to abundance of understanding and self-awareness is when we look at it as a part of, and, and, um, a helpful tool. I agree. So I feel like, I feel like we really were thorough with our conversation, right? (laughs) (laughs) I think we might have uh, hit all the points that we were hoping to around this. And, you know, this is something that I think is important to talk about and be open to talking about. So if you're listening, you have any questions, follow-up questions. Uh, If you're listening, you're like, oh my gosh, I have a diagnosis. What? Um, You know, like (laughs) we encourage you to you know, ask questions, be curious, send us questions, talk to your provider. If you have a provider, um, you know, be involved, very uh, actively involved in your own mental mm-hmm. health. And, you know, I think that it's wonderful to be able to see this as um, a way to, to continue your curiosity about yourself, to be, to lean toward it in an open way of like understanding. Um, yeah, and just like a, an ongoing, journey of self-learning and self, self-understanding and awareness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have nothing else to add. I Well, I hope that this has been a supportive episode for you if you're listening and Sammy and I will, we'll talk to you next episode. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Bye.